Welcome to the Renewed Nurse Podcast. I'm Nurse Meg. And I'm Nurse M. Hi. Hello. How's it going? It's going. How are you? Good. I'm feeding the dog. So if there's noise in the background for a minute, everybody, that's just dog kibble hitting <laughs> hitting his bowl because otherwise he's going to interrupt me the whole time that we're trying to record this. <laughs> I shut my door behind me knowing that Ruth was not fed yet, so... <laughs> You know what? She has not made an appearance on the show very recently, actually. She has not. And that's because I'm getting smarter <laughs> in my recording. And how to hide. Not because, yeah, not because she's not searching for me. But. <laughs> she's like, Mom, I have things to say. I have yeah. requests and needs. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my goodness. Um, it was so gorgeous out today. Were you out? Mm. You and the babes? I feel like it's that weird weather where, like, I guess when the listeners are listening, I don't know what kind of day it will be, but um, I feel like it's that weird weather right now where it's, like, I look out and I think that I can go out and, like, it totally be fine and the kid not have, like, a runny nose the whole time she's running around. Um, but, like, not quite the case yet, but, like, I feel like we're getting there and that is a beautiful thing. Thank yeah. goodness for seasons. Yeah, that's that is fair because it's definitely like it was really sunny today, which is lovely yeah. because man, I feel like we have seen the sun almost not at all this whole winter. Um, but still definitely like chilly out. Yeah. It's definitely not got chill. When you're when that sun goes down, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have the coffee truck plugged in every night because it's below freezing. Yeah. So which is that little espresso machine has to she's bougie. She doesn't want to get cold. <laughs> I don't blame her. <laughs> I feel that. Um, but next week, um, so probably about the time that this is airing, we are supposed to have a couple of sixty degree days Ugh. in the forecast. So that's gonna be legit. And I have do you have flowers coming up at your house yet? Um, I did see a few little sprouty nuggets. Yeah, like I've got full blown crocuses, like purple everywhere. Oh, wow. Which is awesome. And I've got daffodils that probably are going to bloom, like, in uh, by next Whoa. week, for sure. Yeah. I So I don't know what's going on over well, here. Well, that's because but... your whole your house is just, like, this, like, abundance of beautiful, <laughs> wildlifey, just... You know, no, you know what it is? It's um, just neglect. So I think that everything is staying warm because there's, like five inches of leaves on everything because oh. we're not like like we didn't yeah. clean up flower beds we didn't do you know what I mean because well like you guys are working the on the inside yeah and that yes true I was actually painting um just uh I wrapped up like 20 minutes ago paint just does something magical to a room oh my gosh not not magical to our bodies but... Not no, yeah. I'm like, ooh, I'm I'm really getting like too old for some of this. But you know what? <laughs> I feel like the equivalent of paint in like your personal appearance is having your nails done. Mm. Yeah, I like if, if you have your nails done, I just feel like yeah, you... or any kind of like self care. Okay, yes, but I'm just saying, like, if you have your nails done, I feel like you could pretty much, like, roll out of bed, look like a hot mess express, but you still look like you've got your life together because your nails are, like, beautiful. I would say a 50-50 for that. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, definitely. (laughs) Or the other way, too. Like, if your hair is really, like, like, if I just had, like, a blowout from the salon or something, I can really feel myself. I think hair, for sure. Yeah. 
that I can see. Okay, but you're like I'm like picturing. Something. I'm picturing the. We went to a wedding in New York, and um, it was like there was this big gap between the ceremony and the reception, and we were really confused on like why, as like Pennsylvanians coming to our like friends' New York wedding, and it was a Catholic wedding. And we showed up, like, it was a very, we knew it was going to be a bougie wedding, and it was. The reception was very bougie and beautiful, bougie in a good way. Mm -hmm. And um, the ceremony was in a very pretty Catholic church, and people were wearing legitimate sweatpants, looking like they just rolled out of bed with scrunchies in their hair, and their hair like a wreck. And so I'm picturing this one woman that I just saw in the pews. With, like, Ugg boots, sweatpants, a black, like, 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 jumbled up jacket, and her hair looking like she literally didn't even touch it from when she woke up in a scrunchie. And I'm picturing her nails being done, and I'm saying to myself, it's not enough. That, that wouldn't be enough. So that's where my mind went with the nails. Um, but the hair would have been a different different thing. So maybe the hair overrides nails a tiny bit. So that is, like... But there was this big break in the time period, so we came in our bougie ball gowns. Yeah. But, like, we were way out of place because everyone goes home and, like, changes because there's all these hours in between. Changes into what? Into their bouginess for the reception. So they're not fancy for the wedding. No, they don't come in their fancy And then they're bougie. Okay, interesting. Apparently, in some Catholic weddings in New York, that is the way to go. And and some people were dressed up. Like, some people were, like, appropriate. But, like, more than half, we were, like oh, no, these people in jeans are not going to the same place as us in our heels and long ball gowns. Wow. It was it was interesting. So that's where my mind went for the nails conversation. And now you can maybe understand more of why I'm saying what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I totally can. And also, um, you know, Heidi. Okay, so uh, for you listeners, Heidi is a friend of M and I. She's actually how M and I met. Um, and she has done a podcast with us when we were talking about Roe versus Wade. So if you want to know a little bit more about Heidi and just, she's just a lovely human being. Yes. Um, you can find her in one of our previous episodes, but at any rate, um, she on the side used to be a wedding coordinator, mm-hmm. which is crazy because she has a full-time job as well, but she ended up doing a Brooklyn Italian wedding and they had 15 bridesmaids. So she asked if I could be her assistant for the day. So I went up to Brooklyn with her. We stayed overnight. And all that to say, the New York Catholic wedding scene is its own culture. Yeah. That I was very unaware of. And our bride had five outfit changes. Oh, my gosh. There was a lot going on. And wow. hair and makeup for almost every girl was two hours. Wow. I felt like I was in watching a TV show pretty much. Wow. And they were, they were gorgeous. Do you know what I mean? But everybody had the hair extensions. Everybody had the airbrushed makeup. Everybody had the lashes, the nail, like money, like everything was done. Do you know what I mean? Like money was no object. It was interest it was just so interesting because i was like if any of them i feel like would come to like uh cow country amish lancaster county they would feel like almost just as displaced as i had felt in those moments do you know what i mean like i've yeah. never experienced anything like this before so i all that to say i can appreciate what you're 
what you're saying with like yeah. wedding culture even we think we know wedding culture but mm. yeah and they had their hair and nails done i'm sure they were at 100 percent of, uh, yeah. of, of done of hundred and ten percent listen when i started realizing oh and they started hair and makeup at like 5 30 in the morning for what time was the wedding i feel like the wedding was at like three it was just such a day it was such an interesting experience I'm glad that Heidi invited me to come along with (laughs) that's crazy yeah it was really cool um so anyway okay so man that was I'm trying to figure out like a segue uh I I don't know if I I don't know if I can do that Um, what do you got I feel like there's something along the midst of like outer appearance and like a heart a heart um Go with, yeah go with it yeah Ooh. what else do you want to say <laughs> um well I was just thinking in your reference to the scripture you're gonna go off of yeah like I feel like I won't I mean I'll let you but I feel like the way he like the man was by the pool like he was there looking for most were there by the pool looking for a physical um change and becoming well mm-hmm. in John mm-hmm. but I feel like one of the reasons this is my own paraphrase assumption is from scripture which could be right or wrong is that I feel like he might have known that this man in particular that he made well from being um crippled for what 38 years I think it was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um this man in particular I feel like Jesus may have known was wanting more than just a physical Mm. like shift and change Mm -hmm. Like a more than an outward uncrippling, and that's an assumption. But maybe out of all the people around the pool, like maybe that's why this one was chosen. But who knows? I feel like I'll give you a solid B plus. Yeah, like I tried, you know, for the segue. Yeah, I had absolutely nothing, so I think that yeah. was yeah. Well, you know what? A solid we subpar. Have, um, where's where's Val in all of this? Where's our hidden brain? We need a clapping button device thing that we does. We haven't called on her in a while. The audience applause. <laughs> I feel like like we just really need that. Yes, agreed. Can, Val, can you figure that out, please? I know we haven't on called on her. This is like the first time all year. We made it a whole month without her. I know. No we're wonder slowly, we are we're falling apart slowly. I was gonna say we're slowly like weaning ourselves off of her, but. <laughs> Have no fear, Val. You are still very much needed. Um, so the scripture that you're referencing is John 5. Um, and it talks about the man at the Bethesda pool. And like Em was saying, a lot of us are very familiar with this story. But if you're not, um, this man was crippled and sick. Um, let me just read the scripture to you. And that will kind of give us the, the background for the context of what was going on in this scene. Uh, soon another feast came around and Jesus was back in Jerusalem near the sheep gate in Jerusalem. There was a pool in Hebrew called Bethesda with five alcoves, hundreds of sick people, blind, crippled, paralyzed were in these alcoves. One man had been an invalid there for 38 years. When Jesus saw him stretched out by the pool and knew how long he had been there, he said, do you want to get well? Um, and that's kind of where we're inviting the conversation today um this scripture has actually been resonating on my heart for a couple of months and i think it's because what i love so much about the bible is that even when you read and reread familiar stories 
um, because God's word is alive, um, often we kind of have a new take on the story, or there's a part of it that resonates with us differently um, based on, you know, maybe where we're at in our own personal journey or a, a change in perspective or whatever it is. And so I've read this story. I know this story. Um, and for whatever reason, a couple of months ago, it just really hit me because uh, the rest of, well, let me read the rest of the story. The sick man said, Sir, when the water is stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, somebody else is already in. Jesus said, get up, take your bedroll, start walking. The man was healed on the spot. He picked up his bedroll and walked off. And that's kind of just the story that we know, right? Like that it's just this healing. But what I really love is more about this idea of empowerment. This idea that Jesus didn't just say, hey, you're sick. I'm going to touch you. You're well. Hey, you're sick. There were, there were hundreds of people there. Um, we don't know specifically if Jesus healed others. Um, there were a lot of healings from Jesus in his time. And sometimes uh, it's just sort of uh, paraphrased. Like they'll just say that he had healed, you know, hundreds in whatever day. Or other times there's very specific cases of healings. But I love the fact that he actually said to this man, do you want to be made well. Because I think sometimes as um, personally a recovering enabler um, in our profession, because a lot of us tend to have genuinely big hearts and are kind and compassionate individuals, um, we can really want the best for people. And sometimes we have to really ask the question in the midst of whatever behaviors are happening, um, do you want to be made well? Like, are you interested in investing into your own health? Are you willing to do what it's going to take to, in order to be made healthy? And I just think that that is a really great idea as we kind of continue to push back on this, this burnout and compassion fatigue and things like that. I, I do believe that as Christians, we're called to be sacrificial and to love others and uh, love our enemies well and and all of that. Like I am totally in alignment with scripture. But I also think that there are times that we might be kind of burning both ends of the candle with somebody who isn't interested in investing in themselves. Um, and so what's bubbling up in your head, Em? Hmm. I think... I'm biased because I'm, I'm just in this tunnel, what feels like tunnel vision, um, toddler era of like, (laughs) all that to say, I think this is relating on my heart in a way where it's like, in the same way that Jesus asks the man this question you know, Jesus knew what he was going to say. He knew how it would pan out and we don't have that. But for some reason in my mind, I'm just thinking about all of the um, conversations that occur day to day with myself and others. And um, when asking for input too, like I think, and I don't know if I, if I can relate this outwardly, like I am in my head, but um, I think there's like this, idea that everyone wants our input on everything Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. instead of sometimes being the listener. And I just feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like when I was reading this, it was kind of like what Jesus put in my heart. Like he asked him, do you want to be healed? And it's like, sometimes it's like, do you want, do you truly want my opinion on this? Or am I just here to be like a listening ear for you? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's maybe just the question being asked that kind of resonated with me that like not everyone's ears are um, in that moment ready to hear what you might have to say. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like, Jesus maybe saying that to anyone else at the pool, which like you said, we don't, you know, we, we assume a lot in scripture and I hate to keep doing that, but it's kind of where my mind goes in this story because obviously there's a lot of unknowns and it's like, he could have asked probably so many other people and maybe he did, but I think he knew who would respond to this question. And Mm -hmm. I think the fact that he asked the question as Jesus, as our walking savior, like, how much more should we be asking the question before we're just asking a question at all before we're just speaking over people, things that their ears, hearts, and minds might not be ready for. Yeah. And that kind of could probably take us down a whole other rabbit hole, but, um, but I think that there's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying. And, you know, we want to heal people with our words. Like we're like, Oh, we're going to heal. We're going to be the savior here. We're going to say this and fix it. And it's like, that's not our place. Like if Jesus is even asking a question, goodness, we really need to make sure that we're asking before we're just spewing out what we think is our um, prideful righteousness of things we think are like absolutely to be true, you know? And I think even, um, yes, I, I do agree with you. I think also even just within our patients, yeah. um, there are times that I think we get very frustrated because somebody is not making good choices for themselves in a medical nature. And so we're like, you know, it it tends to be, I feel like the easy example is always like your diabetic patient that is not being compliant, right? That's the very easy example, but we can get really fiery about that. Right. Or we can get very, almost even insensitive of like, Mm -hmm. you know what, if you're not going to take care of yourself and I'm not going to take it right And I just think that even in this space, like, again, we can kind of invite them and to be able to say that, like, the reality is, is that everybody has the opportunity to be making decisions for themselves. And regardless if those are good um, and healthy choices or not, they're an adult and they can make that decision for themselves. Mm -hmm. We can offer them something different. We can educate as to why, you know, option A, B, and C are different and what those all like hold, all of those choices and what the consequences are and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, if the patient decides that that's what they want to do, we really need to be able to hold that open-handed and not with bitterness in a a way that I feel like would um, even potentially like... I don't want to say cause a rift, but like if I wanted to welcome welcome them into like church the following week, would I have handled my disagreement with their choices in a way that they would still feel welcomed? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that also like when we're, again, kind of like continuing to blow this out into a bigger space, like you said, there's a bunch of rabbit trails, but in our profession as well, we're going to come up against a lot of other colleagues that at the end of the day, they're unhappy, they're miserable, rightly so, they're like 
you know, full-blown compassion fatigue and burnout and all the things. And all we can do is offer them a different way, but they might opt to not take it. Yeah. They might stay in their well-worn rut of toxic behavior and negative talk and what is our response going to be and our, um, yeah, I was going to say reaction, but I always like response better than reaction. Like, what are we going to actually make the choice to say? Like, how will we handle that? How will we draw the boundary? How will we say, like, hey, if you ever want to do something different, here's some resources that I know of. Right. But otherwise, like, I'm, I can't participate in, you know, whatever um, negative behaviors they are. Right. Right. 100%. And not just labeling them all of a sudden non-compliant you know I think mm-hmm. that's always the easy scapegoat and it's not always the case like there's so many other factors that if we just sit down and take the time for our, our patients you mean yeah right yeah right and I mean for everyone for anyone that has opportunity to shift or transition to a different way of being yeah. um that we have the blessing of being able to be a part of at any point. And I also like in this story how, um, and honestly, I haven't really like studied, like I've read this story before, but I definitely like skimmed on by. And so I like that you brought it up. Um, but I liked how later in the verses when Jesus resees the man in the temple, um, it says, verse 13, 513 says, Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was for. Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. And I like that not only did Jesus show this love and like healing prior to speaking his sins over him, but he stepped away from the crowd. And I think those are two really important takeaways. Like when loving people well, like they have to let us in first before a lot of times, more often than not, I'm not saying that there aren't times where like things just need to be spoken out radically um, in order to love people well. And, and, you know, every situation is different, but I think that there's two important things to take away from Jesus in that story is that, yeah, those two things that like, He did show love to him first and he stepped away from the crowd to Mm. tell him like sin no more. Like I don't want anything else worse to happen to you than what was prior to your situation. Yeah. And I think also that in so many ways in that um, moment, Jesus was also not necessarily doing the culturally correct thing Mm -hmm. because it was the Sabbath. Yeah. So that day happened to be the Sabbath. The Jews stopped the healed man and said, it's the Sabbath. You can't carry your bedroll around. It's against the rules. What the heck? And I love that. Jesus is always like seeing the person in front of him first. And even when we're in a space that maybe it's, we're going to be sort of the outlier, um, against whatever the cultural norms are. Like if you're in a way toxic unit, really unhealthy, um, you know, there might be uh, the word haze, hazing was being used the other day. 
um, by other nurses that were just kind of like, you know, sharing some of like their experiences or what they've seen or whatever. Like you can, you might be wildly unpopular for being the outlier and mm-hmm. for doing the thing, right? And yeah. choosing differently. Yeah. Um, and that's a crazy hard position to be in because really nobody likes to be singled out or not have, you know, friends or coworkers that have your back. I mean, all of that is just a painful place to be in. But know that even in there, that space, like Jesus understands that, like there's nothing that we experience that Jesus hasn't, um, doesn't understand. You know, he, yeah. he really, and that's such a, it's just such a cool thing because we all have such unique journeys and walks and yet, um, he really does identify with what you're feeling. So even if you are feeling like nobody really gets how hard it is or what the internal struggles feel like for you. Um, But also I think that we also have to ask ourselves the question then as well. Like we're kind of looking at this from um, an an other standpoint, like other people, but also for ourselves at some point um, we draw a line in our own sand and say, am I going to do truly what it's going to take for me to be healthy? Yeah, I might have to leave my unit. I might have to go to therapy. I might have to do things that altogether feel uncomfortable because it's not a known pattern or behavior or routine for me yet. Mm-hmm. But am I basically going to put in the work to find full health and to be restored? Right. And not live under the identity that we have maybe subconsciously created Mm. under whatever it is, whether it's the good or the bad, whether it's our anxiety and being identifying as this anxious person or whether it's, you know, being this type of nurse, you know, but having to maybe feel like we have to step away or whatever identity it is, like even just coming to terms with, are we ready to leave that? Are we ready to like surrender that identity? um, So good. And move past that too. So good. I think one of the biggest reasons and challenges that we face burnout the way that we do a lot of times, um, there's obviously just legitimate hard in it, but sometimes it's because we have found this really noble profession um, and we align ourselves with it so strongly that like you're saying, um, our identity is completely found in our work. I mean, in the career path that we've chosen, and it is a noble profession for sure. But at the end of the day, you are a child of God, first and foremost, and we are called to be a light and his hands and his feet. And so if we're struggling, that's okay that you're struggling, but he wants so much more for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love this story. Right? So good. It is a goodie. Um, And also Rebecca Lyons is um, a public speaker. Um, She's written a bunch of books. She's, she's really lovely. Honestly, like I I just really enjoy her. She's one of my favorites. And she was actually just preaching on this, which is pretty crazy because um, like I said, it hit in my heart a couple of months ago and then to hear her like just preaching on that. So if you want to hear like another take on it or, um, yeah, just another voice. I would invite you to check her out, um, Instagram or whatever, because her stuff is um, pretty readily 
accessible, I'd say she's also a part of like the IF conference, which um, is a Christian conference that happens. Is it once a year, Em, or twice? Yeah, no, it's once a year. They do other like small stuff throughout the year, but their big IF gathering is once a year. Yeah, she's she's really great. There's so many good resources out there, I feel like, that if you just need additional people, um, like, just to be listening to other healthy voices in these spaces, like, ugh, yeah, there's there's mm-hmm. lots of options. I love it. I love it, too. Um, should we do, before we leave you guys, do you want to do another um, plug for our retreat, Em? Yeah, sure. So... Guys, April 23rd, <laughs> 25th, listen, listen. If you're falling asleep near the end of the podcast, wakey, wakey. Um, yeah, April 23rd to 25th, we are so excited to host the second annual at River Mountain, nestled in the Alleghenies, um, with some cedar soaking and some yoga faith, which is like faith-based yoga, um, and our another group trauma uh, session or I should say group therapy se- session with our trauma-informed therapists mm-hmm. um, and so we are so excited to have you guys with some good food some social happy hours just some good little group hikes and just some fun things in fellowship and um, time for you to renew and yeah. restore and just catch a breath and literally I was list- watching the video that we made the other week I think I posted it like a week or so ago uh-huh. like when we were at our first annual um, retreat and literally above like the singing that we were doing around the campfire you can hear like the bird song uh-huh. and I always think of you because you pointed that out like right off the bat when we got there and I was like oh my gosh you can hear it so vividly in the like any recording you can just literally hear the birds in the background so and i think you guys will join us i think the relationships too like there are so many people that we really got a chance to like hang out with or um meet for the very first time and there's just something really special like my whole inner being just gets so happy when i think about that little group that we had last year and so i'm super excited to see who's going to be with us this year um, because these groups don't happen by chance. And so just like the cross-pollination is uh, so beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, Yeah, Em. Of course. So visit the link in our bio. Link in the bio. Um, what month are we in, guys? February. Uh, this will probably air. Will this air in end of February probably? Yeah. Yes. Like February, what, 28th? or something like that just because it's like leap year or whatever so basically all that to say that you still have like uh, six weeks or whatever to get signed up so it's not too late Um, and get your work switches because it's a Tuesday through Thursday so you won't worry about people asking people to you know cover your weekend which is why we kept it that way because we know that it's so hard to get weekend coverage a lot of you like it yeah 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 cool cool love it Awesome. Well, hey, uh, thanks for joining us, guys. We appreciate you being here. Um, Have a great week, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.